Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah wa salatu wa salam wa rasulullah. Wa ashadu an la ilaha illallah wa ahdu la sharikana. Wa ashadu anna muhammadin abdullahi wa rasuluh. All praises are due to God. All praises are due to God. All praises are due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Lord of all the worlds. Lord of all the universe, all the multiverses, all the realms that are beyond our perception, al ghaib the Lord of the infinitely large and the infinitely small, the Lord of good health and of life, and the Lord of sickness and death. He is the one who we will judge. He is the one whose mercy and forgiveness is infinite. He is the one whose favor we seek and ultimately depend upon. I bear witness that there is no God worthy of worship than the one God, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and I bear witness that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is the final messenger of God, completing the long chain of prophets that includes Abraham, Moses, Jesus, and all the prophets and messengers mentioned in God's holy Quran. May God's peace and blessings be upon them all, inshallah. My dear brothers and sisters who are viewing online today, and we have three of us here in the hall here. I want to start today's khutbah by advising myself first and then you to breathe. Breathe. Take a moment wherever you are and breathe because inshallah we will get through this. The past few months, the past few weeks, and the past 48 hours I would say in particular has been tumultuous to say the least. Let's take a moment to calm our souls and our minds as we start to enter into a new challenge. For us as Muslims, as believers, as mu'mins, we believe that no ill, no harm can touch us unless it is by God's leave. As it says in Surah Al-Nam, the sixth surah of the Quran and verse 17, if Allah touches thee with affliction, none can remove it but he. And if he touch you with happiness, well, he has the power over all things. My dear sisters and brothers, this seemingly rapid spread of the novel coronavirus has caused great worry and concern. It has created uncertainty in our lives and has shaken our daily routines. It has created an uncertainty for us in Southern California, and a radical change. You know, heads of nations are coming down with this thing. Schools are being canceled. As you all know now, professional and college sports events are being canceled. Disneyland is closed. Presidential primaries are being postponed. And look, we cannot even gather here physically together for Jummah prayer. SubhanAllah. But, as the title of my khutbah says, I dare say, Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah that we are facing this challenging time. Alhamdulillah for the concern that might be generated in our hearts. And while that may sound confusing and may sound perplexing and peculiar, allow me to explain. You see, my dear brothers and sisters, how often do we say Alhamdulillah when something good happens to us, when we get that new job, when we may get a pay raise, 
when the stock market goes up, when we get a new phone, we often and correctly so say, Alhamdulillah, all praises and thanks are due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we say that because we perceive something good has happened to us. But if we believe in God, and if we are indeed grateful to God, which I'm sure we all are, gratefulness cannot be conditional. Gratefulness cannot be only when the good times happen. God's will is the best of all wills, and we should be grateful for his will. So I say alhamdulillah in the vein of making us realize that we are not in control. Allah is in control. I say alhamdulillah that our routines and our comings and goings, our Western lives where we can turn on Netflix whenever we want or Facebook, etc. Alhamdulillah that we now realize that that can change in an instant. Alhamdulillah that we are starting to see what's important. The coronavirus has stopped us in our tracks and has forced us to consider our own mortality. It has brought death into sharp focus and relief. And we had better understand that in our egos and in our souls that we should be better, we should get be busy doing better things in life. I say alhamdulillah that the coronavirus has now taught us to become more aware of how to protect our bodies. That alhamdulillah it has brought together disparate groups in people and people and organizations in society who would not normally meet, who would not normally get together to form bonds and new relationships. Alhamdulillah that this virus has forced us to calm down put you, some of us are now working from home that we are now able to calm from the rat race and the hyperactivity of life alhamdulillah for the empty grocery shelves that we are now starting to encounter to make us realize how grateful we should be for the food that we can so easily obtain and alhamdulillah it has prompted some of us to reach out to our neighbors especially the sick and the elderly to see how they're doing, and if you have not done so, please do so as soon as possible. If, we're, if we say we are believers and if we are mu'mins, then we believe in all of what he says and sends forth in his holy Quran. We believe in him and his tests and his trials that he afflicts us with are there for us, not to be against us. They are there for us and for one another. We may not understand it at first. We may not see the rationale or what is happening at first. But in due time, that can be revealed to us either in this life or in the next. Now, broadly speaking, I believe there are, there are two responses for us as Muslims, as believers, that we need to simultaneously engage in in response to this coronavirus. The first is the very practical uh, and, and adaptive behavior. And this is what we have all hopefully by now have been seeing, hearing, learning, doing up until this point, that we should have no large gatherings, 
And by the way, alhamdulillah, this Islamic Center, our board of directors, we were the first mosque in Southern California to declare that we would not have a Jummah prayer out of the highest priority for life and people's health. Um, that preservation of life and prevention of harm, one of the key goals of the Maqasid al-Sharia, is something that we take very seriously here at the center. Alhamdulillah that we now have the capability to go online. And by the way, if you're watching online, please hit that donate button because our finances are going to take a hit because of this uh, uh, virus and what it's doing. But alhamdulillah, we are doing the very practical things, washing your hands. And by the way, when you wash your hands, you can, the amount of time that you take to wash your hands, say Surah Al-Fatiha twice. Say it twice, and that's as long as you should take to, 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 uh, to wash your hands. Covering your cough and your sneeze and your elbow. Uh, maintaining social distancing. All the steps that we now have been told by the medical experts, and I'm sure you've gotten multiple messages and communications about how to do that. Alhamdulillah, that is part of our response as Muslims and as all of reasonably minded people. The second response is a response for our soul. Undoubtedly, our spirit and our soul and our mentality is being challenged by the situation. This is an experience that many of us have never gone through before. And so how we cope with this situation, how we deal with these situations, and the natural anxieties and concerns that may percolate to the top is also an important aspect of how we deal with things. And this is where faith comes in, where faith in God subhanahu wa ta'ala can not only help allay the fears, but actually help our souls shine with resiliency. God subhanahu wa ta'ala says throughout the Quran that this life is not meant to be enjoyed, that this life is a test. In Surah Al-Balad he says that this life is full of pain, toil, and trial. Both in the good things and what we consider the difficult things in life. He also says in Surah Al-Mulk, he says, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, He it is who has created death as well as life so that he, that he might put to you a test and thus show which of you is best in conduct and make you realize that he alone is almighty, truly for forgiving. Sadiqallah He also says in Surah Al-Baqarah, verse 286, Bismillah God does not burden any human being with more than he is well able to bear. In his favor shall be whatever good he does and against him whatever evil, evil he does. Sadiqallah Now, if we take a moment to think about these verses, they provide a message, a message to our minds and an inspiration to our hearts. And let us sort of analyze these verses for a second. First of all, God is saying, all right, you're going to be tested. There's no question about it, like I mentioned before. It'll be a burden. There's no escaping it. But number one, the test will not be more than what you can handle. In other words, you may not know it, but God subhanahu wa ta'ala has already equipped you to deal with this test. You already have it inside of you, what it takes to deal with this test of the coronavirus. And if you let that take root in your heart and in your minds and in your souls, that can make us resilient spiritually and mentally and soulfully. The second thing 
is faith in itself, faith in God. God is a safe harbor. You can go to God in the safe harbor by dua, by your prayer, extended sujood, inshallah, and we can dock ourselves in this proverbial safe harbor when the test becomes stressful. Faith is an essential element in this response. Now, number three, how do we respond to the tests? God subhanahu wa ta'ala says that these tests are, quote, to show which of you is best in conduct. Our responses, our reactions, serve as an example, not just for ourselves, but they serve as an example to others, to our family members, to our coworkers, to the community, to the nation. And so how we react, how we behave in this moment is critical. And some of you have been watching the news stories about uh, toilet paper flying off the shelf. This is how people are reacting. Fortunately, we as Muslims don't have to worry about that. But how we deal with this, how we engage with this, how we react to that, it react is vital. And God subhanahu wa ta'ala says is to show which of you is best in conduct. The fourth thing, God subhanahu wa ta'ala that says that he puts us through these tests to make you realize that he alone is almighty, truly forgiving. What doubt could there be in our mind with this coronavirus to know that he alone is almighty? A small microbe that can enter our body undetected and cause such havoc in our bodies, subhanAllah. God is the almighty. These tests are there to make us realize that we are fully dependent upon God. Oftentimes when things like things are spinning out of control, we get so worried that a sense of desperation can set in. And it is important to realize that really Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one in control. The purpose of these tests and the struggle that we are going through is to ultimately turn to God and realize again that he is in control. He alone is almighty closer to us than our jugular vein. And of course, he will provide a way out of this darkness. Inshallah, this coronavirus is not a permanent thing. God subhanahu wa ta'ala always gives us ease in our difficulty. Repeat it back to back. With every difficulty comes ease. With every difficulty comes ease. Let us maintain that understanding in our minds and in our hearts and in our souls. And in the second part of the khutbah, we will explore some more. Qudu Allah, ask Allah for whatever you want. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah wa salatu wa salam wa rasulullah wa ashadu an la ilaha illallah wa ahtala sharikala wa ashadu anna muhammadin abdullahi wa rasulu. So today, March 13th, I was scheduled to give the khutbah anyhow. It was just, just so happens that the timing of things with this coronavirus came and here I am and I had to change my khutbah altogether. My original topic of the, uh, was going to be on uh, Prophet Ayub, alayhi wa salatu wa salam. And interestingly enough, there is such a correlation between what we are going through and what Prophet Ayub went through as well. A degree of correlation, I should say. 
prophet Ayub or Job as, as his, uh, his uh, English uh, name is. Uh, he uh, was uh, one of the fir uh, f uh, first prophets, he descendant of Abraham. And without being able to get into the full story of Prophet Ayub's life, suffice it to say, he started his life and had a, for the longest time, a very good life. He had a life where he was wealthy. He had, I don't know how many acres, as they say, of land. He had thousands of cattle, of sheep, of herd that would be a source of wealth and income for him. So he was a very wealthy man. He also had a large and loving family. He had 10 children, some put it. He had a very loving, caring wife. So he was blessed with, with wealth. He was blessed with a large and loving family, the way some of the narrations painted, like it's almost like a Norman Rockwell painting, that you had this very happy, harmonious family. He had money, he had family, and on top of that, he had his health. He was a very virile, healthy man. And as the story goes, and it comes through verses in the Quran and narrations of the Rasool, from Rasulullah sallallahu that there came upon him all of a sudden multiple calamities, multiple calamities. The first calamity was the loss of his wealth. That literally one day his staff came to him as the narrations go, and said, this band of marauders, what we would say is sort of like a modern day type of ISIS or terrorists, or they've come and they've taken your land and they've slaughtered all your cattle. And in a matter of a day, it seems, Job lost all of his wealth, all of his source of income, just like that. And there's an analogy, I think, with this coronavirus in that it's come upon us just like that. All of a sudden, last week this time, we were all gathered up in this hall. Today we are not. So Job suffered the loss of wealth. Then the 10 children. The narrations aren't exactly clear, but it says that in short order, all 10 of his children either died or, were, or left him. It's not entirely clear. The point is that Job, as a father, as a man, he lost all 10 of his children. And I want us, for those who are fathers, for those of you who are mothers, to think about it. Imagine if you lost your child. Not just one child, but 10 of them. The type of inordinate test that that would be upon us. So now he has lost his wealth, and he's lost his children. And then his health. This is where he is also tested. He came down with an illness like apparently none had been seen before. And the narrations describe it in different ways. And one of the ways that it is described is that he came down with these form formations all over his body, these pussy formations from head to toe, such that nobody didn't want to even get near to him that he would became almost a pariah, that he was looked upon with disdain. And then came people from his life who knew who he was and knew that he was a prophet and said, look, uh, Job, um, 
you're getting tested pretty badly. You've, you, you, you've, you've lost your money, you've lost your kids, and you, you, you're unrecognizable with the disease that you have. Uh, could you have done something wrong? Did you do something wrong? Is God punishing you? And so just like that, people came as if they understood God's will better than him, told him, gosh, you must have done something wrong. So here you have a man who has suffered an enormous amount of tragedy, any one of which in our own lives would be devastating. And throughout all that, he maintained his faith in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. His wife, and there's a, we don't have time to get into it today, but his wife at one point in this process, and some narrations say that this whole set of tragedies that he had occurred over a course of 18 years. And there is one narration that has says that his wife came to him and basically in a moment of, of sort of panic and desperation and weariness and tiredness, said, when is your God going to alleviate you from all this? And he got upset. He essentially said to her, how dare you say that about God? How dare you say that about what God has given me? In effect, alhamdulillah, be grateful for what you have and what God has given you. Alhamdulillah. And so, as the story goes, Ayyub, he eventually was cured. And we don't have time to go through the whole process now, but he was cured. And not only was he cured of his physical illness, but his wealth was restored and his children were restored. And they were restored both in greater quantities than which he had before. Allahu Akbar. God is merciful. That, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, is not an ancient fable. It is not some stories in the Quran. These are stories, these are, these are things that we should apply to our own souls and in our own lives so we can gain the benefit, our souls can gain the benefit of knowing the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that's why when this coronavirus comes, we should say alhamdulillah because it gives us an opportunity to recognize and realize all the blessings that God subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us in our lives. We are grateful to him. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to guide us and to help us in this particular time of, I of, uh, of travesty and, and difficulty. And I want to end on a couple of things. Number one, um, inshallah, my dear brothers and sisters, things will get better. It is a time of trial, maybe, at some point, and certainly what we're going through at the moment can't compare to what, for example, our brothers and sisters in Syria that are freezing to death, quite literally freezing to death, are going through. It can't compare to what our Indian brothers and sisters are going through in India, or any number of trials that our fellow believers in are going through. This Islamic Center will go through a challenge in not having a thousand people here on Friday. I'm looking at an empty hall right now with our chairwoman in the back and our imam here. We ask that if you see that donate button on your Facebook page or on your live stream that you click on that donate button and give what you can. You can also text ICSC to 41444 to also donate. Finally, something that was written by a local rabbi, Rabbi Yosef Konevsky, 
about the situation with the coronavirus. I read it last night and I thought it was so apropos and so compelling that I decided to end my chutzpah on it. He said, every hand that we do not shake must become a phone call that we place. Every embrace that we avoid must become a verbal expression of warmth and concern. Every inch and every foot that we physically place between ourselves and another must become a thought as to how we might be of help to that other should the need arise. O oh Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we ask you to give us mercy and shafa in this time of difficulty. O oh Allah, we ask you to bless our hearts and our souls. O oh Allah, please alleviate our anxieties and concerns by increasing our faith in you. Please guide our scientists and medical professionals to quickly find a cure and a vaccine for the coronavirus and that it might be administered to all who need it. Please forgive us for any lack of faith or trust in you. O oh Allah, please guide us to the straight path. Please forgive our sins. Please help us in this time of difficulty. Iqamatu salam.